Welcome, everyone, to the Greenville Smart Podcast. I am your host, Elaine McNamara. Um, See, I almost, we were talking about forgetting words earlier. Um, I'm your host, uh, the Director of Operations. See, Annie, I'm losing it. I know, it's real. Director of Operations (laughs) here at the Smart Center and the Executive Director of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. And um, this podcast today is one I've been wanting to do for quite some time since we started the podcast, which was some time ago. And um, I finally got the in and made the connections and confirmed (laughs) it and we're both COVID free now and everything's good. We were just talking about brain fog and I definitely have it. But I am fortunate to be here today with Annie Shoemaker from Eden's Glory. Annie, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm so glad it finally worked. I know, Yay. me too. I've, I've talked to people and I've been, you know, it's been on my, my big get list for the longest time because I know a little about Eden's Glory. I know just from working with Greenville University mm-hmm. and I've met some people that have gone through the program and I've met some people that have worked there and I know that it's very important work that you do and I want everyone to know about it. Thank so you. I don't know where we should start. Should we start with how it all started? Eden's Glory. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, go back to the basics. Let's go back to the basics. Yeah. Uh, it actually started just like a block from here um, down at Now What's Expressions. Okay. Um, so I um, I had heard about human trafficking separately. The Lord put it on my heart. Um, back when I was living up in Chicago, Ginger Coakley, the other founder and director, uh, she heard about human trafficking in her work in Kansas. We both landed in Greenville, um, within, within a couple years of each other. Um, and a mutual friend, uh, connected us and said, Hey, you guys should know each other cause you both care about human trafficking. And so we grabbed coffee at, uh, what was then Adam brothers. So yeah. thanks Jess Adams. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, we, we grabbed coffee and just found this mutual, like, oh, you care about human trafficking too? Like, oh, yeah, me too. Um, and then also just this mutual wrestling of what does that look like, though? We're in this small community, and, and what does engagement look like? How do we fight this? How do we yeah. um, raise awareness? How do we learn and understand it more effectively? Um, and so, yeah, after, after coffee, it then uh, migrated to Ginger's dining room table with um, our original task force um, of community members who had similar values and a passion to see justice. Um, and so we would meet monthly, um, just incredible people around that table. We, we literally would not be here if it weren't for those people saying, we're with you, we care, and we want to do something. Yeah, um, so those early years, let's see, that would have been... 2012, I believe. Um, those early years were just a lot of education for ourselves, learning it ourselves, but then also educating the community. So we hosted a big community training at the Globe Theater, um, brought in some speakers. How did yeah. you get your resources for that? Did you just make connections nearby? Yeah, I'm trying. Gosh, I'm trying to or- remember. So I know not long into our work, I'm we were noticed, which was very humbling. Uh, the Illinois statewide task force said, Hey, you're doing anti-trafficking work. Come sit on the task force. And we were like, wait, what us? Wow. That's cool. Um, and so that just really exploded our network of meeting people, meeting law enforcement who were seeing this on a regular basis, um, meeting lawyers. And, um, so then from that, we then expanded and started 
going to their trainings and hearing from them and then we invited them here okay. and said come come train so we did a portion of the training uh, from what we have learned and then we brought in experts as well to say and teach us um, so we did things like that we had um, movie nights and movie screenings and um, a lot of discussions a lot of trainings um, that exploded very quickly into then being asked around the country to come train and speak and share um, a lot of churches, but then that turned into hospitals and law enforcement agencies um, and social work agencies. And it was just, we were traveling a lot in those early years. It was really exciting, um, but also hugely impactful on us of like, this is a bigger deal than we even knew when we started. Um, And so it was no longer certainly not just a third world country issue. It was no longer even just the big cities around us issue. It was coming home. And so there were several trainings that we did here locally where we had people come up afterwards and say, that's, you've described my neighbor. You have described my niece, my nephew. And we were like, oh, (laughs) this is really literally in our backyards. Um, (laughs) There was a young woman um, that, or I think it was that first year, uh, we got a, co- a couple calls from businesses on the square. Um, a young woman, a Thai woman who was going around selling jewelry, um, but there was a 15 passenger van with tinted windows and Pennsylvania license plates that was waiting for her in a walkie talkie. And she just, she seemed nervous. It was really hot. She had um, long sleeve shirt and pants on and um, just seemed something was wrong sure. um, and so thankfully we had done some trainings and several businesses called us and said something's off about this situation this young woman does not seem safe or free um, and so we came I remember running down to the square and before um, we saw her we saw her across the street she got into the to the van and oh. they took off on the highway so we called law enforcement and just I don't you know we don't know what happened but that also was like okay, we've got to have a quicker response. We've got to, we've also, um, we need to understand. Cause I remember in that moment also thinking, what would I have said though? Like, I know. I don't know what I would have said if, if I had actually. And so we also had to do our own learning of, um, realizing I'm getting into way more details. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's kind of what I'm, you know, of realizing wondering. like, it's not just, um, what you see on the movies, the rescue right right like that's not how it works there's so so much manipulation and brainwashing and mind games that even if I had gone up and talked to her chances are she probably would have still gotten in the van um, because most survivors that we've encountered don't even realize that they're in trafficking and and firmly believe that he or she loves me and I'm in this by choice and um, this is good and this is normal Um, and so that was a big learning curve for us to realize like you don't just go in and say do you want help and they come running for help right like in Hollywood um it takes we've seen statistically it takes about seven times of getting out before they're able to stay out effectively um and so and a lot of them don't survive that long and so statistics are about one percent of survivors of trafficking actually get out of the life and that's just that's not okay um so I think from then, um, then on the, the Illinois task force, uh, kept hearing like we need homes at that point, there were eight beds available for survivors in Illinois and about 250 across the country. Um, and so we looked around our community and said, 
could we do this? Um, it was uh, both really intimidating, but also just yeah, this is this is it. It um, was your calling. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Hundred um, percent, and the people around the table still that same task force was just saying yes, this resonates with our hearts, and this is this is what the Lord is calling us to. Um, and so we did uh, about six months of uh, we called it kind of road trips of going from organization to organization, mm-hmm. meeting with survivors, meeting with organizations and safe houses, and saying, how do you do it? Um, we knew from the get go. This is going to be faith-based. We are not going to be shy about our faith. Sure. Um, Jesus is the true healer. Um, so we are going to do this um, in the name of Jesus and not be um, shy about that. We're also going to do it with excellence. And so we want it to be trauma-informed. We want Because we also want the secular side of oh, our society sure. to say, oh, that's effective. Right. They're not just praying over them and doing Bible studies. Like, this is quality, effective clinical work that we're doing to unravel unravel all these lies, um, and so just really committed to that. And so that meant a lot of learning, and then it took about a year of developing the program, um, the classes, the curriculum, um, the resources to just really dive in. Because what we've learned, so we've let's see, we launched the home in 2015, and we've had 23 women. Um, come through the home, and then I'll share about foster care in a bit. But um, so 23 women, and from each of them, we've learned that um, trafficking for many of them started before the age of 12, um, as young as four. And by the time they get to us, between the ages of eight, 18 and 30, this is all they've known. Yeah, that's and what so I was wondering. it's not just a weekly counseling session that unravels that. It is this intensive deep deep work of healing so we tell them all when you get here this is going to be probably the hardest thing you've ever done Mm -hmm. and your entire first year is just to heal your full-time job is to heal and learn what safety is what love is who you are who you were meant to be um what healthy relationships are what trauma is how that affected your brain and your body and and your wiring all of that um so it's deep deep work spiritually emotionally physically everything um and then in the second year looking at okay now how do we launch you well um so job skill training uh life skill training uh some of them need a ged some of them want to go to a university and get college classes um driver's ed Oh, sure. We do. If there's anybody out there that does driver's ed, okay. <laughs> we do a lot of driver's uh, driver's classes. Um, so just, but also if you think about taking a person's life, the thing that you and I, most of us spent 18 plus years learning, all those things sure. that we learned. And they didn't. And then we launch into adulthood. They mm. didn't get any of that. No. And so all the way down to the basics of laundry and budgeting and eating healthy and taking care of your body and going to a doctor and going to a dentist and those kinds of things all the way to how do you drive? How do you apply for a job? How do you sustain a job? And then how do you have a healthy relationship? How do you have healthy friends? I mean, it's just a lifetime of learning into, we can't do it all in two years. Right. Um, but we want to set them up well so that when they leave Eden's glory, um, we still want to be part of their lives. We still want right. to walk with them. Because um, you become the the new family yeah 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 Yeah. oh yeah it's it's a family um yeah our our 
our prayer warriors. Uh, so we meet every Tuesday morning um, at Expressions at 8 a.m. and we pray every single week. And and we pray for the women who have come and gone. Um, some of them we have contact with, some of them we don't. We still pray deeply for them. Um, we pray for the ones that will come. Uh, yeah. We pray for our volunteers. We pray for our donors. We pray for our community. We pray for the other uh, nonprofits, the other organizations in this community doing incredible work because it, it truly is a village, right? Mm-hmm. And and what's happening in Bond County is remarkable uh, the, the amount of times when we go and we travel to other states and even other counties around Illinois like it's just people are shocked when I tell them about like core and simple room and yeah. jubilee and restore like these these unbelievable organizations in this small community that are doing really effective good work like that doesn't happen people are like wait what I know and so, of course, it makes sense to have Eden's Glory here because we've got people who get it here. Yeah. And people who see the need that somebody needs a car, well, then we better create an organization to meet that need for cars. Like, who does that? So it just is super humbling to be part of this, like this remarkable work. Um, and that's what these women get to then launch into is just this community of people who see them and love them and walk with them and become host families and mentors. I mean, it's just, yeah. It's, it's a lot. I mean, that is a, that's a big heart. That's a lot of big hearts that take that on. It, yeah. Because it, you don't have to, but right. you <laughs> feel that that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's what's amazing. And you're right. This this county, um, this community, there's so many great, you know, nonprofits. There's so right, many. Right. And working together, especially. Right. I, I um, attended a core meeting, and uh, I actually met, I, I definitely met one of the gals that had gone through Eden's Glory. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. I was very impressed with was that she was not afraid to talk about it. Mm. You yeah. know? Yeah. And she's... Yeah she just seemed so proud Mm, yeah and that was pretty special because a lot of people you know if they hadn't met someone like you and ginger and gone through eden's glory and they've been through all that other they would they're likely to suppress it if they had actually gotten out at all right right right. and her story was amazing to me yeah it's shocking yeah and it was amazing to me that she was even still alive yes 100 percent most of them say that by the time they get to Eden's glory, that we don't know why we're still alive. Yeah, and we we're, we know. Yeah, we know. the Lord's <laughs> you, got you. Like you were yep, meant to be. You were meant I, to be. Yep. I yep. know, and yeah, and it and it is a problem that I don't think I don't think our minds want us just regular everyday people. We we almost don't want to even comprehend how mm-hmm. big of a problem it is mm-hmm. because it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's. Uh, even over the, so September will be eight years of walking alongside women. Um, and even the, the, the culture of trafficking is changing so rapidly. Um, it's just overwhelming. It is, um, it's appalling. I feel like every story that comes in, I think it can't get worse and then it gets worse. Um, and so back in, let's see, 2019, we were asked, um, to come on to this uh, kind of executive director coalition of safe houses. And Mm -hmm. so um, the White House approached um, a 
an organization that they had worked with who are leaders in this field and said, we see that the faith-based homes are different and effective. Will you bring them together so that we can hear and learn and like, let's come up with effective strategies instead of competing, let's do this together. Um, So they called and screened and gathered. um, And so we were one of the ones that they chose, which was just a really huge honor um, to be seen and noticed and recognized that, oh, that's, that's good quality work. Um, So anyway, we, we went to this, um, they call it a shelter retreat and sitting around the table with other executive directors and both recognizing, okay, we're all doing the same work. What's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. But then also realizing like the landscape of human trafficking is shifting dramatically and fast and and we have to keep up with it. And because of everything that's happening online, um, technology is just uh, in in this realm is taking us way beyond um, shifting what human trafficking even looks like. And so the stories that we had in 2015 of what human trafficking was is already very different than what women are coming in with now and the kids that we're working with now and and what they're projecting and telling us to be prepared for is 10 years from now it's going to look completely different and it's so much of it's going to be online now and how do you track that how do you identify that how do you even understand that um the, the brainwashing that happens virtually rather than in person now you can't just pull a person out because where are you pulling them out of when yeah. it's online um and so even we're we're trying as a um as a coalition with all of these safe homes trying to say how do we get ahead instead of just constantly reacting um how do we get ahead of the game and bring our resources together so that um we can slow this down and even get and prevent it yeah right yeah. right because i mean it's, they're going younger and younger um and so we've got to get ahead of it so that people aren't even getting brought in in the first place right. and that's where it takes the community right it takes the teachers that that see it and notice and invest in that relationship it takes the parents and the grandparents and the neighbors and the churches and so it's it's a lot but the lord has been so good and so so faithful um and that's probably part of it too i i think people are afraid to talk about it but there's such a loss of yeah. religion. Yeah. Especially with our kids. Yeah. And, you know, I'm guilty of being lazy about it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's why the faith-based organizations maybe are doing such mm. great work. Yeah. Because you're bringing these women in and I think that is the element that gives them the hope if they don't have right. that right then why then yeah what's the why point? keep fighting if absolutely if there's absolutely. no meaning to their life mm-hmm. then right. what's the point right right and i know some people may try to make it seem like if you believe in god or, or jesus that you're an idiot you know i right. mean that's just I, but i know we yep. see it all the time yeah i made know. to feel like idiots I and um it's just an you know that faith is an element of strength yeah yeah. That get it? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise people are hopeless. Right. Yeah. I remember um being in grad school for social worker. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker and have done therapy in secular side uh, for a number of years before we opened this. And I distinctly remember in some of our classes um and even in some of the cases um 
that I would have professors and even supervisors say, this is as good as it's going to get for this one. Like maybe institutional, you know, the, 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 the wounds are too deep. And I remember just being frustrated with that because I was like, but I know Jesus, like I know this God that can do way more than any clinical counseling could ever do for this individual. And if we could just go there, um, and those are now the women that we get to walk with and they come in with wounds that, I go, whoa, Yeah. I don't know how you're going to heal from that. I don't know how a person ever recovers from something that deep. And then the Lord shows up and it's like, and there we go. Like a miracle. Because it's him. Yeah. And, and he brings his people alongside to help them see the, see the way and help speak truth and drown out the lies. And so it, it does take us. Um, to walk with them into the presence of Jesus. But when they lock eyes with him and they see, oh my gosh, I am loved yeah, and I am valued, then that's when the lies start to unravel, um, when, they, when they see themselves through his eyes. You can't do that. You can't do that in, you know, your no. typical counseling, right? Like, it's just, it's miraculous. It is. And I, I would imagine when a lot of the, the women come in that they don't know any of that. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I I think it's fascinating that even the transformation takes place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, does is, do you find that um, there's a resistance to it a lot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would think that that would be oh, huge. Yeah. A huge yeah. resistance. Oh. Why would you believe in, For sure. in a greater purpose or a greater being if you've been living For like sure. That? For sure. And and what we tell them is that um, this is this is what we believe, um, but we're also you need space to heal. And part of yeah. that is spiritual, spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. And, um, God has been twisted to them. The Bible has been twisted in their history. The church has been twisted. Um, and so the, the amount of trauma even within that. Um, and so we just, we usually, that's between you and the Lord. Like we're, we're not going to force anything. And the Lord has a way of coming to them in just very personal, meaningful that they go, Oh, now I see differently. Right. Um, but there's a lot of resistance at the beginning and they come and they go, um, I don't want anything to do with community. Um, I remember (laughs) one of our early women, um, she was with us, uh, for just a year. And, um, for most of that time was just so resistant to, I don't want any people in my life. I'm here. I'm going to get healing and take some classes and then I'm going to live totally secluded from the world. I'm just going to live off the grid. I want nothing to, which I'm like, you, I get it. You can understand. I get yeah. It. Yeah. And I remember her always looking at me like, why should I trust you? You, you don't have to trust me. Right. Like you don't, you don't need to trust me. I have to earn that. Um, we tell our staff and, and volunteers, we're more about building rapport than trust. Mm-hmm. They have no reason to trust us. Right. Um, if we can build rapport, though, then there's an element of safety of, okay, yeah. maybe I don't trust you, but if I'm safe, then I can start healing. Um, and I still remember the day she came up, um, probably nine months in, and she was like, can I have a hug? And I was like, "Oh." Well, really? <laughs> yes, yeah. you can have a hug. And then we got a card from here, her about a year after she had left. And she said uh, she is living in a community. Um, she's got friends. She's got a job. Um, she's She got connected to a group of nuns. I mean, it's just been, she's just, wow. and she said, you're not going to believe it. 
but I have friends. And we were just like, that. yes, that is a win. And she, she just had this sweet relationship with the Lord. I mean, it was just, those are the kinds of things that I get it. Like, I get that you want nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And here I am, like so many people in your life saying, I care about you. I see you. I want to help you. Like, but those things something. mean nothing. Right. Yeah. Because everybody else then flipped that on them. Right. And so that's fine. You take all the time you need. And if you leave here two years after and you still don't know what you think about me, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Because it's not about... It's not about me. It's not about about me. It's about your healing. And you and the Lord are going to... You guys do that. And I'm just here to do whatever. Yeah. Because I think there's probably been even instances... I don't know if you've probably run into it too where people have used... Uh, fake religion oh my gosh yes. i mean yes. said that this is what the god, god yeah. wants you know yeah. they're just using god as a weapon yeah. instead of what all the time is, yeah all the time it's been priests and pastors and sure. youth workers and complete um, manipulation oh yeah and yeah. so why would they why would they be open to that <laughs> right because that's what right. they know right and then i guess you just let them know that he's going to come to you you don't have to yeah and yeah. all the all 23 women who have come to Eden's glory have encountered the Lord. Every single one of them wow. have had a moment where they said, oh, that's who God is. And I want to know him and I want to walk with him. Um, and not that it was a cakewalk after that. No. <laughs> um, but they each, and that that's the miracle in my mind. Like, uh, you know, we can... We can talk other success, but that success to me is that they came, they encountered the Lord, and they understood him in a way that they had never understood him before. Yeah. And he met them, and he locked eyes with them. Yeah. And, yeah. And then that was it for them. Yeah. And they were, oh, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I go back to the gal that I, I met at the core group. Yeah. Um, her story was interesting to me, too, in that she heard about Eden's glory she was in another state, mm-hmm. I believe it was. Oh, yeah. Um, and I got to thinking, how how in this, wh- where she was, I, I mm-hmm. think she might have ended up at a hospital or with the police or something. Mm-hmm. But how do you get your information to someone who's stranded somewhere mm-hmm. in that situation and, uh, you know, five states yeah. away? Right, right. Yeah, a lot of networking. Yeah. Um, So there is an organization in Atlanta doing phenomenal, they they call it rescue work. And and they even preface it with like, we're not, the Lord is rescuing, but um, more outreach. And so they go out to the streets and they give the hotline number to the women and say, if you ever are ready, here's, here's a way of getting out. Um, and so they do about a thousand rescues a year of, of women coming off the street saying, okay, I'm ready. And okay. I, I'm ready to get help. And then they work with them to help them place in homes that will meet their needs, homes that will, will work for those women. Um, so we get a number of calls from them. Um, we also have gotten calls from Homeland Security and the FBI oh, wow. saying we just did a sting operation and we've got someone who's ready to get help. Um, with COVID, we saw a shift in a whole lot more self referrals so people calling and just they called us they called the hotline so there's a national human trafficking hotline Mm -hmm. so they either called the hotline or they googled us um and they found they found us on their own and they call and say i need help and so we're seeing a wide range of where they come from so um they come we we do get women from illinois if they're too close to this radius we typically try to help them find a location further away for safety reasons right that's um, what i was going to ask about too yep yep um 
and then and then we also receive referrals from out of state. So we're trying to expand the network so that each state is represented mm-hmm. um, and connect well with those homes so that I can say, wow, we've got somebody in Illinois. It's too close to home and we need to get her out of state. Can we send her to Georgia or California? Um, so we're in the works of a second home out in, in California um, oh, wow. that will be the exact the same model of Eden's Glory. Um, and talking with them about, you know, how do we, how do we do that? So she may be a better fit in California and there may be the resources that she needs there, maybe here. Um, but again, if we can do that nationwide, that meets their needs so that they call and we say, okay, let's, let's find what's going to work for you. Right. Okay. So what, what would the steps be? Say someone calls you and they're, I don't know, they're in Tennessee or whatever. They call, say, I need help. I'm ready to get help. Mm-hmm. I'm yada, yada, this place. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. Go, what happens next? Yeah, so we have an application process. Because it's two years, we want them to know what they're getting into. Okay. Right, so, um, so if they're not ready for a full two year, then we'll help them find a shelter or a short-term crisis home. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes they're like, I don't, I don't know what I want. Right. I just need off the streets. And I need to be safe right now. So do you give them a place to go like immediately then? Yeah. So we'll there. get them connected to law enforcement or a shelter um, to get them off the street. And then and then we start the application process of like, okay. what do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you ready for? Um, do you want to move to Illinois? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a big that's a big move. And well, it's sure. and it's a huge commitment to say, I'm going to place myself in this space to heal um I'm, I'm ready to dig into these wounds um sometimes they go I'm not ready I just want a job okay like let's then here's this organization we would encourage okay. that um so again we're trying to assess what it is that they need um so that by the time they arrive at Eden's so one caveat we have is they've got to be um, have already gone through detox if there's any kind of drugs in their system yeah. we don't have medical staff and so right. we just um, physically can't do that for them in case there was an issue. Um, but so once they arrive at Eden's glory, they've, they understand what the program is. We have given them a full picture of who we are and what the expectations are going to be of going to classes and doing all this healing, all the learning, all the counseling. Um, we just don't want them coming in blind. Um, cause it's a big step. Yeah. So, yeah, and then and then they stay as long as they want within that two year range. Um, and so some come and they stay for a month, and then they go, okay, I feel like I kind of got some things under my belt. And we go, okay, we think it might be better if you stay longer, but we're also not gonna we're not gonna be another person that forces you, right? And so we're gonna help you leave well. We we always tell our women like, don't run, don't panic, yeah, don't like let us help you because if you say I really I'm. I'm done. I'm good. I'm ready to move on. Then let us help you send send you off well and mm-hmm. find some resources in whatever community that you want to go to. Um, but we keep them as long as they'll stay and right. walk alongside them as long as they want. A lot of them call later and say, uh, I think I left a little early. Can okay. you keep walking with me? So we have a lot of weekly phone calls with some of these women of like, all right, how's the job going? Like, oh, your boss did that. Okay, let's walk through how you could have handled that differently. Okay, that's um, good. So we yeah. want them to know like this isn't, 
you're you're part of the family um and so it's not gonna be the fullness of the program obviously but we want one at least one of our staff to be connected to make sure that are you safe do you have what you need um and then as they're ready into each of those phases we try to help walk walk through that and so when they're getting ready to leave then you you help them with the where they're going to live and yep. where they're going right. to work. And, yep. Yep. And I would think getting back to when you're talking about, so maybe you could have handled that differently. <laughs> they probably come in a lot of the time, especially if they've been taken when they were young, mm-hmm. the social skills, they don't understand <laughs> when someone is uh, not meaning any harm or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. going from you've been with this harmful person. Um, so they might be reading social cues Mm-hmm. completely differently mm-hmm. and I, I remember one incident we were at a pharmacy um and the pharmacist uh said she asked for clarity on her name I think she had either mispronounced it or misspelled it I don't remember she was like can you repeat that for me and the young woman just blew up and was like you're after me like you are just tra- you're one of those people and I was like and so I'm like trying to get her side and I'm telling the pharmacist I'm so sorry like this has nothing to do with you and we get outside and find out that all the people had like twisted her name and and he had put people in places to say if you go there I have a person at that place of business that will find you and so she was like they knew me how did they know me I'm like well because you had called in a prescription so they already like that's how they knew but she didn't know that that's how she didn't know that and and when you pull out of this situation, I'm in the parking lot with her. I'm like, I totally get it. I would have freaked sure. out too. But for the average business or employer, I mean, they're just kind of going, I don't know what just happened. Right. But this person just got really triggered and I don't know what to do. So we're also, and this is an area of growth, that we're also trying to work well with businesses to say, can um can we come alongside and train your staff and work with you to employ individuals, whether not just from Eden's Glory, but right. from anybody with trauma, so that um, it's more of a holistic approach of not just this cold employer-employee relationship. And that takes investment. That takes a very special person yeah. to say, I'm going to do that. Um, but we've had a number of employers over the years say, I'm going to do it. And, and that's when true success happens, when the boss can say, Hey, what's going on? Like, yeah, what happened? Can you help me understand? Rather than you're fired, you're out. Oh, sure, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, the social skills are just that would be huge. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're basically coming into they're being born again. Yep, right. Because they've been born into this and treated treated like, an, you know, like an animal, yeah, basically, yeah. like a possession. Yeah, 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 and a product. Yeah, without any concern for their well being, exactly, or their mental exactly. growth exactly so it, it yeah it's yeah. a miracle that that uh that that does that you guys have found way well you're learning as you go we're learning yeah I, I oh mean, yeah every, we, we're learning situation everybody is different and and we're, we're trying to get better um as an organization as we grow i feel like every year we learn more things we we learn from the women mm-hmm. we learn from our staff like hey these are more effective ways of doing this and and so we always want to be in that place of growth because oh, yeah. these women they're the experts in their lives and and what they need and so if we can learn from them um, then it, it's better for the next group coming sure. in. Um, so, do you have any who have been through the program who now help others? 
We do. We do. Yeah. yeah. And so um, we have one particular on staff. Uh, so she works for us full time, uh, has been such a gift, both in um, helping to mentor the women. I mean, of all people, she can say, oh, no, 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 no. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard, but I promise it's worth it. I can't say that to them. Like, right. they're like, oh, who are you? You know, oh, no, 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 I did this, and mm-hmm. I promise it's worth it. And so she uh, is able to speak truth in those situations. She also has been doing a ton of training. Um, so we go to um, – we had a big training um, about an hour hour or two from here uh, for law enforcement, and she trained them on – a, this is how to identify, but also when you encounter someone like me, like these are things to say, these are things to not say, th- these are ways to approach. Um, we've had her train in hospitals to say, man, when I came to the ER and nobody nobody believed me, nobody saw me, nobody recognized, this, these are the things. And so it's one thing for me to go in and do those trainings, um, right. but when we can partner in that and they can hear firsthand, if somebody had said this, then that would have changed the trajectory. And so right. um, so she's been such a gift of I just educating. Say, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and hopefully she'll, you know, maybe that will be her life's mission and maybe yeah. she can bring on more people that come through there yeah. to do that yeah. too because that's yeah. only going to help more right. and more. Exactly. And they're going to know what to look for when right. not everybody sees it. And right. It, and I hate, I hate it, but it's happening everywhere. Yeah. 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 It's insane. It's, yeah, yeah, you don't want to think that that can happen, um, that humans can treat each other like that. I know, I know, I know. It's it's sick. But But yeah, I like to think that the majority are there to to help or to, you know. Now, you're you're talking about this uh, home in California. Um, Yeah. What what other things? do you have in store for yeah well so in 2020 we launched foster kairos so that's our outpatient program for minors and so again learning from the women um as well as others we we kept hearing this consistent theme of if somebody had noticed if somebody had believed if somebody had gotten me help i wouldn't be here um and so we um did a lot of research first of all a lot of the research that we were noticing and the trends that we were seeing was the institution setting um which i think we would all understand is just not as effective for kiddos um even the group home is not as effective for kiddos it's needed sometimes and unfortunately it's just it's a reality but as much as the kids can stay at home. And so sometimes that's with mom and dad. Sometimes that's with grandma and grandpa. Sometimes that's in the foster care system. Um, sometimes that's with an aunt or, um, but if they can stay in a home setting, mm-hmm. it's it's more effective for their healing. Um, and, and if we can come alongside in a counseling setting, help that kiddo heal from whatever trauma they went through. And so uh, we have a number of kids that have been trafficked that we come alongside and we do the counseling to help them unravel those lies much quicker. Um, And then we have kids that we serve, um, I say kids, 4 to 17. So the teenagers would probably be appalled that I'm calling them kids. I know, but but um, so the the minors, let's say the minors. uh, we also have minors that we serve who have a high vulnerability. And so a lot of risk factors, a history of trauma or sexual abuse. And so we also come alongside and do counseling for them to help prevent them from ending up in this in this trafficking. Um, 
And then as much as we can, um, coming around um, the caregivers and saying, hey, this is what we're seeing in counseling. This is what we've learned. And then let's work with them together. Because um, it's one thing for a kid to come to counseling once a week and hear truth and unravel that. But then the rest of the week is at home or in school. And if we can reinforce that more for them that that becomes their source of support it's not about Eden's glory it's not about it's foster Kairos um, but it's their community and we're just equipping them Um, and so that's been we've gotten we already have a waiting list which is just um, sick to me yeah Uh, we serve within a 60 mile radius of Bond County um, but I mean I got it call um early on when we were getting ready to launch foster kairos from a social worker in chicago who said i have 18 kids that um have been trafficked and i don't know what to do with them um so we know there's a need so we we launched that Uh, we're looking to hire a second therapist um, to meet the waiting list need um to keep those kids in counseling um but it's also a model that so we're, we're duplicating the Eden's Glory residential model. We also firmly believe that we could duplicate the Foster Kairos model and probably even quicker than we duplicated the Eden's Glory model because it's, it's an, essentially a counseling agency um, mm-hmm. that doesn't charge. Um, and so well, and it's faith-based. Yeah. So that's doable, but when you can find the right therapist to do the trauma work with them, specifically for trafficking, um, we can duplicate that and we can have locations around the state. So... Um, so that's been an area of growth. Um, we're already at capacity for that, um, but seeing improvement and hope in that and just really firmly believing that, okay, we can get in here and then they, they're not going to need to end up at an Eden's glory right. when they become an adult. Um, so that's happening. And then um, right on the cusp of COVID, um, so probably it was also about 2020, um, we ended the year with a surplus and had been praying about purchasing the property that we are on. Right. So we purchased the property with cash. And uh, so that was just miraculous and amazing. So thank you to all you donors who made that (laughs) possible. Um, And so now we're in the blueprint stages of building a second home, a bigger second home on property. Uh, So we're working um, with a couple people that have been volunteering their time to help us with the blueprints. We recently encountered a trauma-informed architect who's helping us even more so, like how do you, where do you place the windows and the doorways and the hallways? And I mean, it's just phenomenal how he's helping us think through the location and the physical property. Wouldn't Um, have even thought about that. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's fantastic. It's amazing. Oh, it's such a gift. It's such a gift. Um, So we're in the early stages of that and just um, preparing for uh, for a bigger home um, and... Yeah, yeah, trying to, to stabilize. So, yeah. That's pretty great. Now, how yeah. many will this new home be able to... So, the home will be six to eight women. Okay. Um, so, what we've... Um, we have really committed to as an organization, we want to multiply. Sure. Um, hence, California and a couple other locations that we're looking at. But we also... Um, we want each home to be small. We want it to be a home. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I want, I want each woman to come in and say, I'm part of a family, not part of an institution mm-hmm. or a shelter. Um, they know me, they know my name, they know my story, they know my dreams and my quirks and my humor. Um, and we can do that far more effectively if it's in a home setting. So yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense more. Yeah. More like a family for sure. Right. 
How can people uh, reach out and help you guys? Yeah, we, we need you all. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a number. So we are hiring, as I mentioned before. Um, we're looking for a licensed therapist um, to come alongside and provide counseling. Um probably most likely for our foster Kairos kiddos, but um, depending on the person that comes in, we can be creative with that position um, and doing some programming clinical classes at Eden's Glory with the adults. So that position we are hiring, that would be full-time. We're also hiring an executive assistant um, for donor relations. And so this is somebody who will come alongside me and help um, with the growth aspect, the donor aspect, uh, the fundraising aspects, and so strategic thinking along yeah. those lines. Uh, so we're looking for that position. That would also be full-time. And then um, we're hiring um, uh, almost a, a respite-type floater position. So this would be somebody that we can give full-time hours to, but their position, it may kind of shift around. And so this would be okay. somebody with some flexibility that could say, I'll, I'll cover a shift out there or I'll cover a meeting here. And so depending again on their skill sets, helping to fill in, um, our staff need respite. And so we do 24 seven care at the home and with foster Kairos and doing those, those therapy sessions. And so, um, we're also trying to find both in staff and volunteers, uh, more of a fortification of people to come around and cover vacation time and maternity leaves and wedding you know all the things that our staff need to be able to step away and breathe and heal because of the vicarious trauma so we're looking both to hire and for for volunteers and a lot of people are intimidated and they say I don't know what I would have to like we have a volunteer that takes them to the library and they love it that is like one of the highlights because they just they love reading and just soaking in that type of outing and so it could be a volunteer that um, does leads a book club we have a number of books like boundaries um, that we would love a volunteer to come in and just read with them and and have a discussion kind of a book club Um, so we need volunteers who will come in and and we'll match with whatever your skill sets are and it may be hey I've got the skill set of finances okay then come alongside we have a volunteer who teaches a finance class so those kinds of things we're looking for from our volunteers um we're also looking we've got a couple fundraisers coming up so if there's any golfers out there um Uh we have a golf scramble may 28th um so it's not too late on our website you can go uh we're also have an event on facebook that you can sign up Uh, so we're looking for golfers we're also looking for sponsors um people who want to sponsor that event um that should be a whole lot of fun yeah yeah and then um mark your calendars we have not uh done ticket sales yet so this is kind of a pre uh, but mark your calendars graze in the grass is coming back so any of you who were involved in 2018 Marcoot jersey creamery put on an unbelievable event for us farm to table incredible food out in the pasture um it was just beautiful people came from all over um i would say probably 75 percent of the people who came came from st louis area um and so that that'll be september 17th so we're looking obviously for people to come to that event we're looking for people to sponsor that event we're also going to have a live and silent auction and so we need auction items for that so things that we're thinking about are like uh, a weekend stay at an Airbnb oh, nice. yeah. or uh, an, 
think experiences, Mm -hmm. we want to auction those off. Last time we had a helicopter ride and people auctioned that off. And we had a a chef come into your home and cook a meal for your 12 of your friends. And that was an an experience. So if people have those kinds of connections, we're looking for for that. And it's just a neat way of bringing people to Greenville and going, what a fun community. I know. Um, Look at all these cool things that we have to do. So um, that's that's another event that we have. Um, We also need defenders so defenders are the people that say i will give financially um it may be a hundred dollars a month it may be a thousand dollars you know whatever that is in their capacity to say i want to defend the freedom for these women i want to come alongside and be part of their healing i may never meet them but so many women just they say i I just wish somebody would have defended me i wish somebody would have stuck up for me and and our donors get to do that every day they get to Without ever meeting them, um, they defend the the ability for them to heal and their yeah. their ability for them to be free and whole and um, loved again. And so we're looking for people that say, "I'm going to commit to that." Because if we're going to grow at the rate that the Lord is calling us to grow, mm-hmm. we need more people to come alongside. Yeah. So every little yeah. thing helps. People, time, resources it does. It all makes a big difference. It does. It does. Yeah. 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 And you talk about, you know, we've got a lot of fun to offer here in, in our in our county, in our town, a lot of talent, and, a, and yeah. a lot of love, a lot of big hearts. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We're so thankful. I just, I love this community. People yeah. are so generous. It's so pretty generous. amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yep. And so if you're listening, yes, there are many, many ways you can get involved and make a big difference and, and maybe change um, the culture, change the world and and uh, help to rid the world of uh, human trafficking because yeah. it's it's unfortunately an evil that it, it touches every part of this country, yeah. um, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And um, with you know every time you save someone from that, you're you're changing the yep. world to be a yep. bit, little bit better. Yep. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Annie, you coming in and, and sitting Thank down you. with with me. Um, and we'll also get out the um, the human trafficking hotline. Great. And, yeah. and I'll connect yeah. to your website and to yeah. your Great. Facebook page Great. and all the events that all are coming things. up. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice to know about yeah. all of those. And um, I want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, please share this podcast with your friends and family. This is an important one. And um, spread the word, spread the word about Eden's Glory and other uh, great organizations. Um, that 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 save save these women and these children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i want to thank you i want to thank our sponsors uh greenville university of course for making this all possible the greenville smart center where we are broadcasting from today recording from today i should say mm-hmm. um thank our sponsors bradford national bank and uh Entertech global and annie once again thank you thank you appreciate you Here comes the sun, I say it's alright.